0: Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now As we riff this show Tanner and Christina gonna figure out Why we love this show Better grab your golden stars and slushies Cause you're listening You're listening To Loser Like Me Loser Like Me
1: Oh, and welcome to loser like me a glee recap podcast my name is christina
0: and i'm tanner and i'm lady fabulous
1: oh god uh, okay <laughs> we're getting into that part now <laughs> do you are you wanting to skip around and tell and recap this episode in a non-linear in a non-linear fashion because we could do that
0: You know, that might be a good idea, especially because, like, the three subplots of this episode, they don't really intersect with each other that much.
1: There is, I I felt like there was some, or there was more intersection than, than, there was more intersection than there could have been, if that makes sense. Like, they could, they could have had a lot less interaction of the different plot lines than they actually did.
0: I mean, it was definitely an episode that was more about the theme and the moral than it was the plot development, necessarily.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, so, so this is for this is for Season 1, Episode 3, Akafellas. And I would like to give this episode a new title, if you're willing. Certainly. Will is a cuck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue with that statement.
1: <laughs> However... Things that I had to Google today because I didn't remember the exact meaning and I wanted to make real sure before I said that on a podcast.
0: I would argue that he becomes a cuck later in the series, but he isn't one yet.
1: Okay, see the definition I saw was like people, a male identifying person who feels unfulfilled in ver- for various reasons and that harms his relationship with other people, especially with his partner or spouse in this case.
0: Okay. See, the definition I've always gone by is basically, it's the same as when people would say that a guy was whipped, and but maybe that's just because I've. Uh, hang on. Let me let me put on my academic cap. I've read Shakespeare, and the term cuck comes from the word cuckold,
1: cuckold. which is
0: <laughs> which is was used to refer to men who are controlled by their wives in Shakespeare's plays, and also a different definition. I think it had something to do with hunting. I don't know. I don't know either. Shakespeare may also have been a cock.
1: You know what? I'm not going to debate that until like if, if you want to debate that you can go with like go we can go call Lindsay and then she can come in with her with her 500 cited sources about about Shakespeare's life that I'm sure that she could just produce from the ether because she's a historian always. <laughs>
0: well, just going off of his sonnets, he never got any from the dark lady and he never got any from the his I don't know, his Twink that he found. <laughs> Big shrug. <laughs> Anyways, the episode of Glee was written by Ryan Murphy and directed by John yes. Scott. It's the first <laughs> episode written entirely by Ryan Murphy, and that's why it resembles a deranged after-school special, and you know, I was worried that we wouldn't <laughs> be getting those until season two, but fortunately, it all paid off now.
1: Yeah. Was, was that what you were referring to by saying that Glee gets crazy real quick? Or Glee gets weird real quick? I said
0: it got dumb. This episode, I've... Oh, okay. I, Ever since I started thinking about Glee critically, I knew that Acafellas was the first episode that was dumb, and then I actually re it and I was like, ooh yeah, this real dumb.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So should we just jump right into it?
0: Let's just jump right into it.
1: <laughs> okay, um... We start off with Will and Terry having dinner with Will's parents at their hosting... Terry made hamburger casserole. Watch out for bones. (laughs) the bone burgers. (laughs) And I'm just like, was she making this hamburger casserole with actual beef that was not already ground up? Like, that's literally the only reason I can think of aside from, oh, she's just that bad of a cook.
0: I I would like to think that it's like, she saw something else and thought it was bones. Like, or it's just like raw pasta.
1: I I don't know. Maybe
0: she added bones (laughs) for flavor.
1: I don't know <laughs> but yeah so they they have dinner with Will's parents um Will's parents are oh gosh what's her name I don't remember what the act I did not look up what the actress's name is but Will's dad is played by a Victor Farber who was a Broadway vet and he is fantastic and he is too good for glee
0: see I, I know factually that Victor Garber is a uh, Broadway person but I know him the most from Legends of Tomorrow and First Wives Club
1: oh yeah that's true that's true yeah
0: and a little bit from Republic of Doyle, which is a Canadian uh, comedy cop show.
1: Okay. Duly noted.
0: But yeah, Victor Garber is there, Will's mom's also there, and Will decides to just spill the beans like, hey, we're we're pregnant. hmm
1: Which they are overjoyed for, and they're so happy for Will and Terry. Like, that is it is very heartwarming.
0: Yeah, far cry from um, fucking Kendra.
1: Yeah. And Terry is like, "Well, I thought we said we were killing anyone yet? Because she's trying to cover up for the fact that there is, in fact, no baby.
0: <laughs> There's no buns in the oven.
1: Yeah, there are there are no buns in the oven. There's not even dough. <laughs> um Will's mom and Terry like run off to have their little bonding moment so that Will and his dad can talk about how Will's dad blames himself for the fact that Will has confidence issues and they say some very uh some very heteronormative stuff in there. Um
0: You don't need basically it boils down to you don't need smarts for law school. You just need guts, which you also need to be a man and a father.
1: Yes. Yes, and this is in case you can't guess by the way that was phrased. This will in fact be the theme for the episode.
0: Oh god, every to take a if you want to start a drinking game, take a shot every time someone says the word confidence or guts. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this episode is written with the subtlety of a Power Rangers episode about the moral. (laughs) And I say that with love, because I love Power Rangers. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, I I say that after just watching a Power Rangers episode, where the moral wasn't even connected to the Power Rangers plot. (laughs) Yeah, when Power Rangers is written a little bit smarter than Glee, you're like, hmm.
1: I mean, there's also like... Eleven years of difference between when this episode was being written and when *Beast Morphers* was being written. So <laughs> that's
0: true. I'm. There are some parts where I'm trying to give them the benefit of the fact that it came out in 2009. Yeah. Like you, you didn't know. Like you should have known. But also, these weren't the common sense that we know them to be today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But hey, you know what? I and I will say it does take guts to be a father and a man. But also Shots. takes guts to be basically Shots. any.
1: Hmm? we're saying we're saying take like take a drink every time someone says like shot everyone's every time that someone says guts or confidence and so that's that's four drinks right there have fun (laughs) y'all
0: but like um what i'm trying to say is that it like you those aspects are also important for other walks of life not not just fatherhood and manhood and and speaking of manhood i'm really glad that at no point did anyone say balls or even worse cojones
1: i mean victor Farber did say balls (laughs)
0: Uh, maybe I blocked that out. <laughs> he
1: did, and I think maybe he says it at the end.
0: Maybe. Oh, um, um, the see, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I drifted past because I was busy writing notes about other stuff, like yeah. the fact that we cut to glee club rehearsal and the choreography immediately reminded me of sweat until the oldies.
1: <laughs> oh, fun fact! So when, like, literally the first song that came on today when I got in my car was "Freak Out."
0: oh no they freak, know
1: says so chic "Break out
0: they're they're listening <laughs> the freak, to us Says so
1: yeah it was it was real weird i had i i about had an out of body moment in my car <laughs> um but yeah so they go to glee club quinn and santana are not impressed and then rachel tells will that his choreography sucks and it turns out that she got bullied into it by quinn and santana <laughs>
0: I wouldn't say it's bullying. It's definitely more peer pressure at this point. Yeah,
1: it's like, it's peer pressure and psychological manipulation.
0: It's like, listen, we're hot, you're now hot through the transit of property, and therefore you should do what we say.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they convince Rachel that the Glee Club needs to recruit Dakota Stanley.
0: Dakota Stanley, let me sum up Dakota Stanley's character in a single sentence. Dakota Stanley is your basic Napoleon stereotype but he'd be dancing
1: oh no here see i can summarize it even further uh dakota stanley because that's how i'm going to be saying it every time because they make such a big deal out of him um dakota stanley is from 4chan
0: oh no yeah yeah okay yeah
1: (laughs) yeah uh he he is reputed in the show as the best choir the best choreographer for show choirs in the midwest i'm surprised that rachel did not already know his name but they convince rachel that the glee club needs dakota stanley to win and at this point i have a note about how like how much research did quinn and santana do when they were developing their plan of attack against the glee club (laughs) that's an interesting question because it's like Uh, we can go ahead and spoil it now like they're they're deliberate they're trying to break down glee club from the inside and they're trying to like make will feel bad about himself so he quits glee club and then individually demoralize the members but i'm like you didn't have to go and like specifically look up information on show choir choreographers in the midwest quinn and santana
0: i'm i'm pretty sure that it's sue who looked up the information and then just told quinn and santana to do the thing okay um but yeah like that's basically the plan of the attack is just to make them feel so terrible they don't want to sing and dance anymore another part of that is basically quinn nagging mr Shu about not doing any performances after high school
1: yeah she's like hey did you know that you're not successful and then he gets so upset the teenagers made made fun of him that he has to go and complain to emma about it (laughs) (laughs) and she flat out tells him that he doesn't have guts as she cleans flowers with a (laughs) q-tip Or maybe she's pollinating them. I don't know.
0: Possibly. Um, She also says that they say it takes more certainty than talent to be a star. I mean, look at John Stamos. Remember this.
1: Yes, remember this for two seasons from now, or whatever.
0: (laughs) She also says there's nothing sexier than confidence in a man, so that the audience knows that even though they're not seeing each other, they're still having an emotional connection.
1: Yes. I also would like to take the opportunity to 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 mention that will does make a point to ask emma if she's okay with him doing all of this emotional dumping on her and i'm like okay i'll give will schuster one point back in his corner (laughs) but he does ask if it's okay to just word vomit about how much these teenagers these teenagers are bullying him
0: (laughs) um then we then after that we have another scene with will where he's joined by other uh staff member guys faculty guys and sandy sandy's still here
1: he's still here i don't know why he's still here
0: one of my notes says that San- sandy and myspace continue to be things that exist on glee
1: yes that is very true um was he so he's back at william mckinley high school was he subbing for the woodshop teacher
0: no i think he was just there for the uh, birthday or the welcome back party
1: Okay, okay.
0: Because he's, he's allowed in schools, just not within 50 feet of children, so I don't know how they <laughs> managed to do that.
1: It, mu- it must be an inner sanctum of the school that is... <laughs> the teacher's lounge is an inner sanctum of the school that is at least 50 feet from any classrooms or lockers, I have to assume.
0: I'm sure there are many teachers that wish that.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: Anyways, the woodshop teacher, Henri... He has a a cough syrup problem?
1: Yeah, he he has an addiction that is bad enough that he cut off his fucking thumbs on a woodshop machine because he was so high from drinking cough syrup. That will come back.
0: Also, he's played by John Lloyd Young. Who won a Tony for playing Frankie Valley in Jersey Boys, and oh, worked okay. under the Obama administration in their, like, performing arts, like, division or whatever.
1: Oh, Deb, I didn't know that. Li-
0: liaison to the performing arts or something. Good for him. And he shows up in one episode of Glee to play a guy who accidentally cut his thumbs off. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so they're having, like, a welcome back party for Henri, and Terry's coworker Howard, whose last name is Bamboo, Mr. Ryan, not I'm, Mr. Ryan, Ryan Murphy.
0: Mr. Ryan Murphy, I'm gonna ugh, throw you off a bridge.
1: Yeah, same. Um,
0: and Ken's there, too.
1: Howard delivers a cake from Terry that says, two thumbs up with a pair of, like, molded cake cans on it for Henri's welcome back party. And I really hope she didn't know that he, I, I think she had to have known that he was coming back from an injury of losing his thumbs.
0: <laughs> oh, she definitely knew. I think Terry's just like that.
1: Yeah, I think she's just like that. Also, those um, are some
0: really nasty thumbs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there there's some just there's some really awkward moments with this poor poor shop teacher trying to deal with his with his new state of living. Um Will misses hanging out with the guys and everyone's lives suck. Will says he doesn't know how to dance and Henri points out that he doesn't have thumbs anymore. <laughs> and I have just listed here some people have real problems Will.
0: But but fortunately they all come together to sing for he's a jolly good fellow to Henri.
1: Yes. And then, of course, because Will Schuster is a menace and must be stopped, he immediately realizes, oh, hey, we should all be in a musical group together. And then he turns, he like, he he does, his, his head does like a straight pivot to face the camera. He's speaking and, to and you and directly. Yes, he speaks to you directly and he says, this is how we do it. <laughs> straight into the camera. It is terrifying. And 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 then they they form an
0: all male a cappella hip hop group.
1: Yes. And it's 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 Henri, Howard, Ken, and Will. They voted Sandy out because at least one of them had the brain cell for this episode. <laughs> and
0: they named the group Acapellas.
1: Yes, which actually turns out is an extremely common name for male a cappella groups across <laughs> at least North America, I'm assuming, probably worldwide. Or at least in English speaking areas. <laughs>
0: um, I, I definitely quoted Glee, Glee Wiki off here somewhere. There are Acapellas in Daytona Beach, Ottawa, Loyola University, Mullenberg College, Embry Riddle Aeronautical University, Alfred University, and many more. Most of these groups pre glee by at least five years.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they have a they have like a practice montage as they sing This is how we do it. Um Will gets to have the line Being at a boy band did wonders for our love life. <laughs> Which is <laughs> terrifying and this is of course over montages of him and Terry having what is supposed to be kinky sex I'm assuming because she is desperately trying to actually get pregnant
0: (laughs) I have written down double reverse fake pregnancy fucking once a week
1: yeah yeah yeah, so thankfully we get to move past that to Rachel delivering "I'm sorry" sugar cookies to Will.
0: Yeah, sorry, sorry for helping the Cheerios nag you.
1: Yeah, and so she she goes to apologize to Will for 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 saying that his choreography was bad because they need him back at practice because he's been blowing off practices, and I'm over here like he's still the he's still the faculty advisor. Shouldn't he be required to? be at practices yeah and the glee kids decide that they're gonna just hire Dakota Stanley on their own and I'm like can you do that though legally
0: I I I don't because they raise the money on their own and it's
1: yeah but I'm like can can a group of minors officially professionally hire someone like con- like contract wise
0: I don't know I don't know either. Maybe this was secretly entrapment all along.
1: <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: I don't. There's there's a, there's the Rachel and Will scene, and then the note after that. I all I have written down is confidence.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because Rachel and Finn, Finn is upset that they're gonna hire Dakota Stanley, and he and Rachel like do a walk and talk about how she's like Rachel is pinning her entire self-worth on the success of the glee club which is not healthy um and Finn asks if this is if if she's upset about something else but saying that she's upset about the glee club thing and she says well yeah sure that too um and she tells him that he doesn't have confidence because he's not willing to talk about the kiss they had in the auditorium and he threatens to quit glee club and she says okay fine
0: What a weird ultimatum. Why why is Finn so against Dakota Stanley and his existence?
1: I think because he genuinely does miss Will Schuster in Glee Club.
0: Yeah, I I will say that this episode, I don't think they intended it to, but this episode does a lot of legwork showing that Finn is kind of seeing Will as a father figure.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, Which, which is really heartwarming. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, and then we get the scene where Sue's plan is breaking the glee clubbers because she needs the budget restored, she wants a fog machine. Yeah. Phase two of this plan is Quinn and Santana convincing Mercedes that she should pursue Kurt romantically because Mm -hmm. they're friends and they bond over the fact that they don't get to make out in the hall like Puck and Santana do, or two random extras who... I don't. They cut to Puck and Santana making out, and then they cut to a different football and cheerio couple. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "Who are you people?"
1: They're 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 the characters on Glee that are actually happy in their lives. We don't talk about them.
0: Yeah, clearly they hadn't cast the rest of the football team yet. Yeah,
1: this is the point which I have in my notes. Mercedes is lonely, sad face, and the next line. Oh shit, this is Buster Windows.
0: <laughs> um, but before yeah. we get to that wonderful scene.
1: Oh, I have, I have a set, I have a set dressing note. Oh boy. Um, which is some fun notes about the inside of Kurt's locker.
0: Oh yes. Give it to me. <laughs>
1: because I I wasn't aware, like when I was in high school, people didn't really decorate the insides of their lockers that much, which is why I'm taking particular note of it in this show. Um, the inside of Kurt's locker includes, uh, includes a picture of a vase with hands on it that may be a piece of album art. I couldn't quite tell and didn't feel like trying to do a reverse image search. Okay. Um, it includes what looks like some kind of a comic that I feel like is advertising shaving cream because I feel like I've seen it before. It was like that weird thing along like the left side of the inside of his locker. Okay. Um, there's, uh, there's some kind of a photo of, there's a photo of someone in makeup that is very dramatic and scary. Um, <sighs> And then there is a vision collage of men with all of their faces obscured in some way, which is interesting psychologically, and around it are plastered the words angel, fashion, and hot. <laughs> and I'm just like, Mercedes, it's literally there on the inside of his locker. <laughs> Honey, if you're trying to hide, maybe don't put that on the inside of your locker, which people probably break into at this school.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Before we get to deal with that, we have to uh, struggle through poison by the Akafellas by Belle Bib DeVoe.
1: Yeah, yeah. See, like, their their cover of Poison is it's okay. They're 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 performing at a sports bar. And like, you know what, like that is their performance was sports bar quality material.
0: And here's the thing. Speaking of Victor Garber, star of Stage and Screen on Legends of Tomorrow. A few weeks ago, they also had an episode where one of the characters sings a uh, jazz version of Poison. Really? And this pales in comparison to that. Oh, of course. That that version of the song was playing in my head all day today. Um, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's some kind of like self-defense that my body used so that I wasn't thinking of the Glee version of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Before we move on from this, I'd like to note that uh, Kent Avenido, who plays Howard Bamboo, he has actually, like, a good voice, and I was proud of him.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah. I would like to note that the Tony award winning John Lloyd Young, who playing Henri, this is the only time he ever sings in his one appearance on the show, and this is the last time we see him.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye! Well, no, no he, he appears in some crowd shots at the end. I, I saw him at the end, so he does appear over the rest of the episode. Okay. He just doesn't have necessarily speaking roles.
0: Also, somehow they had time to record a full CD because Victor Garber, Papa Garber-Schuster, has sold out all 17 copies.
1: Yeah, and Figgins is like, I need you to perform at a PTA meeting to distract from the fact that we've been serving the kids prison food, which is relevant to today's society.
0: It's not shocking.
1: (laughs) Michelle Obama, we need you.
0: (laughs) And the performance was so good that Sandy is going to worm his way back into the group on
1: mm-hmm. account
0: of he's friends with Josh Grobin. Yeah. <laughs> Ever since they accidentally friended each other on MySpace.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can probably see where this is going, given Sandy's previous appearances in our podcast.
0: <laughs> oh, Sandy, oh. you you, pers- you continue to exist, and you're inflicted on us by Ryan Murphy, who thinks you're hilarious.
1: Yeah. He he does mention that Josh Groban might be looking for an opening act for his concerts and my note here is well, it would pay better than the McKinley High School teachers pay.
0: This is true.
1: Yes, and on the wall behind them there's a poster that says what to know about staff infections.
0: Uh Sandy is here and he has infected the staff.
1: Hey.
0: <laughs> so the next scene is Kurt driving a group of the glee clubbers to Vocal, vocal Adrenaline High School. What are they? Carmel.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's every everyone except for Finn and Artie are there. I'm assuming because Finn is too tall to fit inside Kurt's SUV. And Artie would not have fit in the car with eight glee clubbers and also his wheelchair.
0: <laughs> yeah, not an accessible ride. Everyone thinks it's a really cool ride. And Kurt mm-hmm. says that it was gifted to him by his dad after he promised not to wear uh, form-fitting sweaters that end at the knee. Yeah, cut to Kurt wearing exactly that.
1: Well, no, in in his defense, it stopped at the top of his thighs.
0: <laughs> oh well, then. <laughs> yes. Um. This this is just a weird segment on account of we meet Kurt's father. The like the immediate next episode. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And clearly this scene was written before anyone had any idea what kind of direction they were taking Kurt's father, Mm -hmm. because this is not a huge spoiler, but Kurt's father is actually the best dad that a a high school gay guy could hope for.
1: Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, Bert Hummel is a very good dad.
0: Yes, and and we can get into that next time.
1: Yes, I'm excited for that.
0: So uh, we'll just say that anything about Kurt's dad being mentioned in this episode wasn't, for, for canon's sake.
1: Yeah, so they go to this school and as they're walking up like mercedes and kurt like link arms and everyone has a face journey as they watch this happening (laughs) like the the unholy trinity is like yes good our plan is working and i'm steepled by fingers and poor rachel and tina are in the background just like oh no oh no (laughs) um but then they come up to the entrance where um, where one of the vocal adrenaline performers is throwing up in a trash can, um, and they say that Dakota Stanley doesn't let anyone leave practice even if you have heat exhaustion or Crohn's Cro- disease. Crohn's
0: disease, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's one of those polls that is funny just because it's ludicrous.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, like I feel like the only other thing they could have said would have been heat exhaustion or lupus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um it's not lupus yeah
1: it's never lupus unless it is except for that Um, one time except for that one time um that's a house joke which i never have even seen
0: (laughs) that's the only house joke i know except for the time where he referenced arceus from pokemon
1: huh okay did not know
0: that um but yeah who do you think is dr house's favorite pokemon
1: uh arceus okay I don't know.
0: Because he has a god complex. I don't know. I've never watched the show. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. <laughs> Me either. Probably
0: never will. That tangent anyway, went nowhere. Remember um, Mercy by Duffy?
1: Oh, no. Fun fact before we leave the outside of this of this performing area. Um, the vocal adrenaline performer in the neck brace is Shelby Rivera, aka Harry Shum Jr.'s wife, who will play Mike Chang on the show, and also the voice of Peridot from Steven Universe. Oh, shit. I afraid of fanfic now. Yeah, no. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that was her, and I I didn't know until I saw her name in the credits because she had such a short role. But I was like, oh, that's Shelby Rivera. They have a they have a very cute marriage. Definitely like definitely follow them on like Instagram to see all like how how embarrassingly cute they are over each other. <laughs> yeah. So so we get to go into mercy. It's really good. Like their choreography is incredible.
0: Yeah. That's the that's the subplot and Dakota Stanley just yells at them, "Get off my stage."
1: Yeah. Yeah, and they the glee club tries to hire him, but he charges $8,000 per number and $10,000 for an extra charge if they place in the top 3 at a competition. And they're just like, "We don't even know how much 8 like how much is $800. We don't know."
0: <laughs> and then after that, it was at this point where I realized, wait, this episode's only halfway through.
1: what
0: else happened in this episode
1: yeah this was the point which i realized that i needed to start taking fewer notes
0: (laughs) yeah i like i took very light notes for this episode we it covers broad strokes Henri lacks confidence and so he relapsed into the the cough syrup
1: yes and howard howard is out because he lacks confidence and he just goes back to doing inventory at sheets and things
0: basically Uh, Will and Ken declare that oh no the Akafellas is over The, the only good thing in our lives is over
1: at which point, Emma comes in to remind them, like, hey, you know what? Like, sometimes you just have to keep trying and maybe bring in new people. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm just irked at Will, who was willing to die in his sword for the Glee Club, and now he's acting like Akafellas is the only thing that matters. But hey, we get a, a crossover of those two terrible things about Will. Yeah. Because Finn Finn tells Will that he's quitting Glee Club because they're hiring Dakota Stanley, and Will yeah. says that if you quit Glee, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. To which I wrote, is this about the club or the show?
1: I... I don't know. Um... <laughs> oh, here, here's a fun Spanish watch. The Will's Spanish classes, at least one of them, is finally learning about Sarah and a The two most basic verbs that you need to know in Spanish.
0: <laughs> oh, no one in that school will ever be able to speak Spanish properly. Uh, that's great.
1: No. Will, will was going to... He was going to place a personal ad online looking for singers for his acapella group but then he immediately recruits finn into the acafellas yes
0: on account of will has only ever used the glee club to vicariously live out his glory days and so why not mm-hmm. directly recruit them yeah, yeah uh puck also offers his services to join the acafellas to uh coach ken
1: and puck uses that phrasing he uses the phrase offer him my services
0: yeah Anyways, then we find out that Puck seduces cougars with his pool cleaning business, and I'd like to remind everyone that Puck is 16, and really, that's all I want to say about this matter.
1: Yeah, and also, there's absolutely no universe where the character of Puck as portrayed in the show Glee, be even believably seen as a high schooler. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although we also get a scene like the reason why he needs the action is because Santana dumped him over his credit score.
1: And can you even have a credit score, if you're young, if you are 16 or younger,
0: I don't know, but I did like the gag.
1: Yeah, I like it too.
0: Santana needs f- fiscal uh, f- uh, stability yeah. in a man, in a her 16 year old man. Yes. So. We then get a scene of Will teaching Finn and Puck how to dance by loosening them up by miming swinging a baseball bat.
1: Yeah, and they're like, oh, hey, well, I didn't know that I should have been using my hips when I was trying to dance. And this was after Finn, like, stepped, he stepped on the wrong foot and then rocketed into the chairs that were set up in the glee classroom. Like, that had to have been, that had to have been a deliberate move on Cory Monteith's part because it was, I realize that Finn is clumsy, but that is that was pushing it.
0: <laughs> Finn has the dopiest smile and declares, That baseball thing sure was good, Mr. Shoe!
1: Mm-hmm. Which, which makes Will happy.
0: It's also the worst line reading in the show so far.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, I'd like to take a note that looking back... Looking back, the instrumental, sentimental theme came back and it was playing as Finn was telling Will, you're doing a good job. And then it continues into the next scene, which is a little bit rough and I'm curious what you think about it.
0: It's, okay, so on the one, so okay, well, here's the scene. Tina and Rachel manifest outside of Mercedes' locker and say they're having a gay gayvention, that's a gay intervention, mm-hmm. uh, on account of Kurt as Lady fabulous, and he wore a corset to second period. How do you spell corset? I don't know.
1: C-O-R-S-E-T.
0: If you say so. Mercedes basically says that she's pretty sure that Kurt and her can be a thing. And yeah. even if Kurt is gay, she's willing to settle for him because look at them. They're at the bottom of the school hierarchy. No one likes mm-hmm. them. They're losers. She, she basically says y'all should get a gay boyfriend too because at least he will love and respect you the way you want to be loved and respected. And can I, I just say... <laughs>
1: I I have a couple of notes. Would you like to go first?
0: Are your notes positive or negative?
1: Um, My notes are maybe a little bit more positive.
0: Because mine are positive too, because I just wanted to say that if you rearrange some genders and orientations, I can extremely relate to what Mercedes is saying. Because, dang, yeah. when you're a gay guy in a high school with no other gay guys, and you're you will, if you can get a hold of a relationship with a nice straight guy... <laughs> And you'll sit there and, like, well, we're just bros, we're quote-unquote bros, and nothing will ever come from this. Yeah. But, man, just the proximity sure is nice for my emotional well-being. It's not, but you think it is.
1: Yeah, it's, the the whole thing about this is, like, that I totally, like, I, I've been where Mercedes has been. I didn't have any dates when I was in high school. And she says, like, well, what if I can't, and I was, like, I just have, like, sad face. Next to that in my notes. And then she says, like, like, what if I can't get a boyfriend in high school? My note here is like, that's what the real world is for, Mercedes. It's called you graduate high school and everyone becomes actual people with fully formed personalities. Still, if, you, if you're
0: able to date in high school, at least you can get like the weird stuff out of the way early. I suppose. I wish I had more opportunities to date in high school.
1: Yeah, same. Um, but then Mercedes says, Kurt is sweet to me and he likes who I am and I like how I feel when I'm with him and i'm like if you leave out the romance like that is a that sounds like a like a nice affirmative relationship and friendship that is that would be that will be good for them to have like having that do du- that dual emotional support like i think that once they get to that point that will be good for them yeah
0: like and also i think it's important that she's she's not completely deluding herself that there's something that can happen there's a part of her that knows that it's this is going to be an entirely platonic relationship but yeah. it just goes to show what kind of state of mind she's in and kind yeah. of shows how how bad all these kids are doing and therefore how important their friendships with each other are and are going to become
1: yeah i have another fun set dressing note before before we leave this scene um mercedes's locker on the inside it is decorated with A couple strings of Mardi Gras beads that have, like, pins attached to them. Okay. Like those one-inch metal pins. And they are on a metal, like, hook magnet that also might have some earrings, like, strung up on it. She has a collage of shoes. Okay. And she has some kind of a silky scarf or jacket hanging in. Hold up, I see the bug.
0: (laughs) This has been Bug Watch.
1: I didn't get it. I'll, oh. I'll wait I'll wait until it lands by my lamp and then I'll try again. Okay. But yeah, yeah. So, so fun set dressing there. Although I don't know what they were trying to do by putting metal pins on a Mardi Gras bead string. I,
0: I feel like they just had a bunch of necklaces. It's like, ah, oh, we need something shiny. Ciao. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this has been set dressing with Christina. <laughs>
0: And then we do cut to the next scene, which is a car wash the Glee Club's doing to raise money for Dakota Stanley.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah,
0: Sue is uh, helping put it on uh, with the Cheerios
1: mm-hmm.
0: because because her ploy needs Dakota Stanley in order to work. She like she doesn't want them to fail at this part. She needs to fail at the next stage.
1: Yeah, um, and, and the, so she gets all the Cheerios and their short skirts and their and their thigh high socks. I <laughs> I realize this is probably a kink for someone, but I'm like. <laughs>
0: absolutely i'm a little concerned but also i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to rationalize it by assuming that sue is definitely the kind of person who would count on some of the girls being held back and so let's just hope that some of the cheerios there are as legal as the actresses
1: yeah let's let's hope
0: i'm hanging on by a thread glee yeah
1: emma is there too And she genuinely praises Sue and says, like, I think that you helping out the Glee Club with this might be the kindest thing that you've ever done. And I don't think that Sue knows how to accept genuine praise because she then immediately has to bring Emma down by deriding her OCD and also the fact that she isn't married (laughs) yeah and sue was like oh no you've broken past my my hard exterior and now i must insult you to pretend that i did not in fact get emotional fulfillment from your compliment (laughs) i
0: mean the way i perceive it is you've broken through my cold hard exterior to find a colder harder interior
1: yeah
0: as it's time for everyone's favorite part of the episode
1: (laughs) yes uh everyone's everyone's favorite part of the episode which is mercedes washing a car in a red fringed leather jacket (laughs)
0: It's a really good-looking jacket. Oh, it is. And she asks Kurt if they can just make it official about uh, him and her dating, and Kurt's like, I love someone else. And he gazes off into the distance at Finn, and then Rachel appears. (laughs) And Mercedes is like, you're in love with Rachel? And Kurt's just like, yes. Yes! (laughs) For several years now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, poor, poor
0: Kurt. To quote myself, when I talked about this episode on a different podcast... Mercedes threw a brick window through his car.
1: <laughs> Tanner, what?
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah. So Mercedes is so mad. She throws a brick through his car window. And mm-hmm. then she sings, Bust Your Windows by Jasmine yes. Sullivan, because he busted up her heart.
1: Mm-hmm. This is an entirely non-diegetic number, which means that it is absolutely not happening within the context of the show itself. It's entirely a dream sequence. And during this entire thing, Kurt is just standing there with like his head on his arm, like mourning his car on as he leans on its hood. And I have a note here. There is glass there, Kurt.
0: Um, <laughs> listen, it's very emotional.
1: Yeah. And also Amber Riley kills this song. Like she has, she, I mean, obviously she is a fantastic singer and she does a very good job with this. <laughs>
0: Also, I... Okay, so I had to check. Apparently, the song did really well in the uh, R&B charts. Like, the the original song, not the cover. I'm sure, although, I know the cover did really well, too. But it's mm-hmm. just because I've never heard this song outside the context of Glee. No, me either. And so I'm wondering, either the person who does the music really wanted the song in, and they can create a plot around it so that the song would make sense, or... They created the plot, and then they went on a desperate hunt for songs about busting car windows.
1: (laughs) Both are equally possible, I think.
0: And also, as someone who's written Glee fanfic and has searched for very specific songs, it's also highly relatable.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and Mercedes, the, the funniest part about this musical number for me was the fact that, like, when it's over, she just very clearly, like, snaps back from where she'd uh, from where she been dissociating <laughs> into, in, into Kurt yelling at her.
0: She has been picturing this whole musical number the entire
1: time. I mean, who among us would has not done that before?
0: Who among us has not broken a car window and then entered a fugue state?
1: <laughs> well... Not exactly that.
0: <laughs> so Dakota Stanley.
1: Yeah, Dakota Stanley's here, and he's still terrible in case you were curious. Um and he he's here because I guess they did in fact make enough money for their car wash to at least hire him for a consultation. <laughs> Sue um,
0: Sue definitely uses a Cheerios car wash to launder money too.
1: Yeah. There's no
0: evidence towards this, it just feels right.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and so that's yeah, probably so,
0: how, like, she slid them a couple grand.
1: Yeah, a couple hundred grand to pay for Dakota Stanley being here, and he immediately cuts Artie for being disabled. Um, cuts Mercedes, as in like removes them from the glee club. Um, cuts Mercedes for being either too willing to challenge authority or fat, neither of which is great. Um, he threatens to cut Kurt for having too much hairspray and tells Rachel to get a nose job and tells Finn that he's on thin ice because he is too tall and he implies that finn is mentally handicapped because he's too tall because like tanner said napoleon syndrome
0: yeah he he also he declares that all the churros are great he also doesn't say anything bad about tina so <laughs> there's that
1: yeah there's that
0: put a win in the tina column
1: yes <laughs> give her a win she deserves it <laughs> I have a note here that just says, I want Finn to pick up the short man and hawk him into a dumpster.
0: (laughs) I I feel like he may have done that off screen.
1: Oh, that would be great. Um, But like Dakota Stanley then has like this entire monologue to the Glee Club about how like, like, oh, like you're gonna like, do you want to Like, do you want to be a winner? Or do you want to be or do you want to be just like a loser forever? Do you want to suck forever? Because you're weird and you're different. Am I hurting your feelings? Are you triggered?
0: Basically, he says, I can say all this shit because I have confidence. And 4chan. Then, and then he holds up a neon sign with the word confidence written on it. Yeah. And the entire glee club takes a shot.
1: Everyone, like, tries to walk out before Rachel reminds them that, Hey, you don't have to be all the same to be successful. Look at Barbara Streisand and then J-Lo and then other people that I don't remember because I didn't write them down. There was a one-armed like,
0: pitcher mentioned and... Yes. already mentioned someone who also was not really successful until after uh, their disability. The point being that we're all in this together and also yes. Rachel is taller than Dakota Stanley.
1: Yes, and also what makes us special makes us strong, to quote Shrek the musical.
0: What makes you different makes you beautiful. Yes. And you don't know you're beautiful.
1: Because that's what makes you beautiful. Yes. So we get to come off this relative emotional high to another performance from the Acafellas, which thankfully is their last performance.
0: Um, There is a brief scene during the setup where Finn is kind of... He's not disturbed, he's more just confused at the fact that the guys have to wear mascara to make their eyes pop. Yeah, which is true. In my notes I said, get used to it, Finn, you're a theater kid now. And then yeah. I added like a sub-note, well, theater-adjacent. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. And then Finn thanks Will for believing in him, and Will honestly might tear up a little bit because it's good. It's a good, it's a good emotional relationship. Like it's, he's thanking his teacher for being supportive, and Will is like, oh, emotional support. Is this what it feels like?
0: I've no uh, never had anyone care about me before,
1: except for my parents and Emma. Yes.
0: Anyways, the Rockefellers are singing. I want to sex you up by color me bad. Da, 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 da. Yes, and it's not good. Da, 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 da.
1: See, I thought I thought it was fine. It wasn't. It wasn't great, but it was fine.
0: I feel like the original song is not good.
1: Well, no, of course it's not. It's called "I Want to Sex You Up."
0: <laughs> there are sexier songs than this, easily. Yes. Also, there are. also, if you keep an eye on Finn during this performance, he's definitely just happy to be included.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, although although Will's performance is very clearly doing it for Terry. <laughs> and Emma. And Emma. <laughs> who
0: has to make a point that she's cheering for Ken, not Will.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, I do have one note here. Actually, I have a couple notes, but one of my notes here is that I, I will give Mark selling this. He did have a good voice.
0: He had a good voice. He had some good moves.
1: I will credit him for that. And that is it. But also, now Terry knows that Emma is into Will, too. Yes. So.
0: Also, Josh Groban is here.
1: Yes, he is here with his bodyguard,
0: Flex. <laughs> and he's specifically here to give Sandy a restraining order. Mm-hmm. Stop emailing me. Stop phoning me. I don't know how you got my number. Stop sending me nude photos.
1: Yeah. My my note here is just how do they not realize that Sandy is always like this?
0: I think they do. Uh, you see, they lack confidence to chat to tell Sandy to fuck off. Yeah. Um, and then he goes on to tell the group that the rest of them are great.
1: Yeah, and as he leaves, and Sandy looks crestfallen, Finn just make a face. He makes a face like you know, like the like the colon vertical line emoji. <laughs> and I was like, I relate to that. Fin- <laughs> he just makes a face like
0: Finn is. Finn has begun buffering because he doesn't know how to deal with this. <laughs> um. Anyways, outside, uh, Papa Garber is. He tells Will that he's going to night law school.
1: Oh, no, wait, For first off, we get to have um, Terry actually giving Will a compliment, and he's like, yes, please compliment me more. And then she's like, you were really good. And they go in to have a kiss, but then his dad shows up.
0: Yeah. Um, also, where's Will's mom? Well, she's being seduced by Josh Groban, because she's drunk.
1: Yeah, you don't feel real great about that. Uh,
0: see, Josh Groban should have gone with Sandy. They're They're the same. There's a joke about that in there somewhere. Anyways, do my other somewhere. note says that Victor Garber should move to Central City and become a uh, physicist instead because the Flash. Yeah, yeah. So
1: Will's dad is going back to law school because he mentioned at the beginning, like, oh, I really wanted to be a lawyer. But then I stopped because I wasn't confident enough and I didn't have a guts. But seeing seeing my son do this thing with confidence gave me the confidence to uh, to go do law school. And Will's actually going back to teach again full time with all his attention.
0: And then they break into a rousing cover of confidence from the sound of music.
1: Oh god, that like that is actually one of my favorite songs. Like I if I ever have to audition for something, I will sing that. <laughs>
0: yeah. They don't actually um, do that, but they should have. You missed yeah. the ball, Ryan
1: Yeah. Um so the as they have as he and his dad have this emotional conversation, um, looking back comes back again because it's a fun emotional beat. Or not a not a fun emotional beat, but it's a sincere emotional beat, which I which I did enjoy. And my last note here is that Will had another dose of glory, so he'll be good from seeking personal achievements for another thirteen episodes at least. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So after this, Mercedes, it's like the next day at school or whatever, and Mercedes comes up to Kurt, and she apologizes for for breaking his car window. Um, and Kurt mentions that his dad took his car away because Kurt owns too many tiaras, which is, yikes, um, it'll get better.
0: <laughs> this is, like, that's another part that we're pretending it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Although um, Kurt
0: definitely has a tiara collection.
1: Yes, he does. He deserves it. Um, but yeah, so then Mercedes wishes uh, him and Rachel happiness and very many loud babies. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, like, goes to leave and Kurt, uh, in, a, in what is a very emotional and heartwarming scene... Kurt comes out to Mercedes and like Chris Colfer and Amber Riley do a really great job with like acting out the scene and apparently like they both really enjoyed it and how it was you know executed because this was extremely important and also like really early in the series for someone to come out at the time yeah and it's really heartwarming and she like supports him and stuff and I wish the scene had included a hug but it didn't
0: and I just, I like that he actually got a coming out scene and it was yeah. treated with like the emotional way it deserved instead of just everyone assuming he was gay from the start and they, we just leave it at that.
1: Hmm. I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of an open secret. Like everyone knows, but they're not going to necessarily say anything about it until Kurt tells them. Yeah. Well, the decent people will do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's now. It's a very good scene. Anyways, let's flip to the other side of things. Let's talk about the stench of failure. Yes. It's found in the armpit. Yeah. Sue <laughs> so so... is berating Quinn and Santana for f- the scheme failing because not only is the club stronger than ever, but Will's, like, boy band has fallen through and he's now back teaching with more confidence than ever, shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't say it, but also, we let's acknowledge the fact that they now have an extra $8,000 that they can put towards things.
1: <laughs> That's, well... I I don't know how much of that would have maybe gone towards even getting the initial consultation to hire Dakota Stanley to hire Dakota Stanley on Nevada Stanley. Yes,
0: um, I would like to think that because they're all minors,
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: they're able to hang on to it.
1: Yeah, let let's go with it.
0: Let's go with that. Anyways, Sue revokes. Quinn and Santana's tanning privileges and Santana breaks into sobs and runs away
1: yeah yeah which is like uh, that's not super comfy but whatever
0: oh I thought it was funny
1: (laughs) oh it it is funny I'm just like I don't like the idea of uh, of someone who is not of someone who is not white being that emotionally attached to fake tanning
0: I think it's more about the privilege
1: oh, okay. of the okay.
0: being able to tan.
1: Okay. Well, good news. There's a sun for that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I I definitely see Santana. Okay, I'm sorry, viewers. If you're If this is the only way you're getting glee, I mean, it's probably the safest way, but also you don't sure. know Santana yet. Let me tell you, Santana's the kind of character who she doesn't need to go to a tanning salon, but she would definitely flex on people with the fact that she's able to.
1: Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes more sense yeah so at quinn gets like the last word and it's like quinn gets some sick burns in this episode because her parting shot to sue is i haven't written down here um quinn thanks sue for teaching her a valuable life lesson when you believe in yourself you don't have to bring other people le- like you don't have to bring other people down and sue just sits there like what have like what have i done sweet jesus what have i done become a thief in the night become a dog on the run <laughs>
0: I don't know how I feel about this line, because I don't know if it's a a face turn or not. Quinn only had four lines this
1: week. I feel like it's the- it's like- it's the- I'm choosing to read much more depth into this than Ryan Murphy intended, and I'm choosing to believe that this is the first inkling of Quinn and her eventual face turn.
0: And I would like to- see, I would like to think that Quinn has more dignity than to believe in Will Schuster at this point in the show.
1: Well, yeah, but also after seeing how Dakota Stanley operates.
0: Uh, I guess that's a thing.
1: But yeah, and then as she says that we get to cut back to the the original six kids practicing with Will and Rachel praises him for his choreography and they're having fun again.
0: And that's pretty much the episode.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much the episode.
0: Um, I do not like this episode. I think it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. Yeah. Do you want to go first or do you just want to meet a rant?
1: Oh, I have some, uh, I have some fun, uh, some fun credit notes here. Okay. Um, which is Gregory Hinton played Josh Grobin's uh, bodyguard. And he is in fact credited as Flex, comma, the bodyguard. Nice. Um, <laughs> and then there is someone in, there is someone who, uh, named Brooke Newton, who was literally credited as playing Leggy Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> She's and also, probably one of the
0: dancing Cheerios. <laughs>
1: probably, yeah. And also, this is where I noted um, that Shelby Rivera was cred- was actually in the episode, and that made me happy.
0: <laughs> so, I do not like this episode. I think it is dumb. I think the fact that Will... The whole Rockefeller's plot is so dumb, because yeah. Will immediately abandon. He just straight up abandons the Glee Club... That he's put so much emotional depth. That I was complaining about him being too emotionally invested in it for the time being in the first two episodes. And yeah. I, now I'm flipping. I'm saying he's not emotionally invested in it enough. Just because yeah. he's he finally learned his lesson. But <clears throat>
1: anguish. Tanner has devolved into anguish. <laughs>
0: It's so, and and the continued existence of Sandy Ryerson is a sin, and the fact that Howard's last name is Bamboo, and this is the only time he gets to sing, okay, no, he sings one more song, but, like, this is the best time he gets to sing. And you burned your Tony winner. I wonder what kind of favors he had to call in to get him on there.
1: I I don't know, and I'm curious. So, am I correct, then, in assuming that your slushie is Will Schuster?
0: (laughs) Well, specifically, my slushie is the Akafella's plot.
1: Okay. Um, then do you want me to do my, uh, my slushy or would you like to do your gold star?
0: Let's do your slushy first.
1: Okay. Um, I, I can't decide whether my, whether my slushy moment should be, um, should be like like you said the absolute like lack of dedication that will schuster has to his kids instead choosing to place his energy into whatever will get him the most recognition because he doesn't receive any of that from his wife Yeah. Um, or i don't know if i should put that to the that to the at least two women who had sex with puck even though he was very definitely an underage student
0: which one makes you cringe more
1: Definitely, definitely the, uh, definitely the underage sex thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, so that'll be my slushie. That's what I'm giving a slushie to.
0: Alright, what about your best moment, though?
1: (sighs) See, I can't decide if my best is going to be Mercedes and Kurt having an emotionally heartfelt conversation, or if it's going to be the fact that Emma was able to so completely disarm Sue Sylvester by giving her a genuine compliment. (laughs) And, and and a genuine intended compliment that, that Emma actually, like, meant, that she was sincere about.
0: I'll tell you, my best moment was Mercedes and Kurt's whole subplot.
1: Okay, then my moment is going to be Emma complimenting Sue. All right. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I don't think this episode deserves any Gold Star songs. Unless it's Buster Window.
0: It's absolutely Buster Windows.
1: Okay, okay, cool.
0: I think I think we've been the same on all of the songs so far for the for the show.
1: Oh yeah. I'm I'm really excited for like after episode five, which is when we might get to like having more differences in which songs are our favorites.
0: Yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh yeah. Um, but I think that wraps things up, so Yeah. So, Loser Like Me is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard on your podcasting platform of choice, and if we aren't there, let us know, and we'll work on getting in there. We can be found at Pod on Twitter, and through LoserLikeMePod at gmail.com. I think that's everything we covered for this episode. And, and that's what, what, you what you missed, missed on Glee. Glee. Just go ahead and grab a chair and listen now. As we riff this show, Tanner and Christina gonna figure out why we love this show. Better grab your golden stars, stars and slushies cheese, Cause you're listening You're listening, listening To Loser, Loser Like Me Loser Like Me Loser Like Me, Loser like me. Like me.
1: I killed the bug! <laughs> it leaned it on me so I killed it. <laughs> Frickin' flies.